The Jeep Talk Show has made all kinds of special announcements over the years. If I would love to add them to my collection, but I doubt, I doubt they'll let me, you know. And this is one of them. Pretty cool. Yeah. We're constantly working to provide you with fresh new content. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, and it wheels real good. And coming soon, a familiar face and a new name joins the show. Oh, God, no. Who's it going to be? I mean, I do 8590 down the interstate. Find out in the coming week. So you, you guys made me quit welding. So can I can I go back or what's the deal here? <laughs> the Jeep Talk Show is the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. The Toledo Jeep Fest is coming up the weekend of August 12th. It's right around the corner. What a great Jeep event. One of the largest in the nation. And you don't want to miss this. If it's not on your bucket list already, time to add it. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. That's ToledoJeepFest.com. And Josh, if you haven't uh, listened to the uh, the episode where we were talking to Whitney at uh, Toledo Jeep Fest, uh, the the Wednesday the last Wednesday episode, uh, you should go and listen to that because it was a lot of great information uh, for the Toledo Jeep Fest. And the really cool thing was, and I didn't anticipate this, we had uh, two or three people that had attended the Toledo Jeep Fest last year. Yeah, and, and they were in the Zoom room for that that roundtable exactly. episode. Yeah, that was, I actually caught uh, at least the first three quarters of all of that. Great interview, tons of great information, and a lot of stuff I didn't even know was going on with the with the show and how it how it's developed and put together and all that stuff. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, I thought it had been on the, for a lot longer than uh, since 2015. I thought the thing had been many, many more years than yeah, that. But, I thought and that's how... And that's how popular it is. I mean, when you hear about the Toledo Jeep Fest, you go, wow. And uh, I was even making uh, comparisons to uh, SEMA uh, as far as uh, what I believe this event is going to wind up being. Yeah, the number of vendors and yep. and the the number of people there and stuff like that. I mean, the the figures, the the stats behind this show are staggering. Uh, this is easily one of the biggest Jeep events in the in the nation, if not. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it probably pales in comparison to the Easter Jeep Safari, but. Uh, uh, I mean, that's that's uh, a little bit different of a story there, but right. nonetheless, it's not something you want to miss. So I, I really oh, encourage you that if no, you this can the get there, go there. Of Jeep, man. Yes. I mean, come on. This is where it all started. This is where it goes down. And there's just the feeling that I got, the atmosphere that, that is in the town when this event is going on is second to none. Uh, so that's why I'm saying this is one of those events that you've got to add to your list. Uh, it'll definitely be worth the worth the trip. Well, and you could tell from Whitney, she really cares about the whole jeeping thing and the jeep people, and she's really uh, motivated. Her and her her staff are really motivated to make this a great jeep event. And she was describing, uh, she's not a jeeper herself, but everything <gasps> she was describing about the 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 jeep event, how it was a family event, and it was uh, just a lot of the things that we jeepers already understand about being jeep so she was describing a jeeper perfectly she's a jeeper and doesn't know it is what i'm saying yeah i, I was gonna say she's a jeeper at heart she yeah. doesn't know it yet. Yeah. yeah so that was uh that was uh wednesday uh june 22nd uh episode 628 you can find all the past episodes and listen to it directly from the website or look for wherever podcasts are found and you can uh uh, find uh, that episode, uh, episode 628. I really encourage you to listen to it. It was a fun interview. I was going to say a fun show. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast.
The Jeep Talk Show is the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Well, we're saying a lot of these official Jeep uh, podcast things, aren't we? Well, uh, we're getting official. <laughs> keep listening for weekly updates about Mr. Vanderquack and his mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to MrVanderquack.com. That's M-R-Vanderquack.com. And as I like to say, it's the traditional spelling of Vanderquack. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wendy. There will be body damage. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Next entire USA, we got you. From find out more information about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the next entire Rodian MTX at nextentireusa.com. The JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. Glad you're here, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I've got an update to a previous high-profile Jeep story that involves some Jeep justice. A familiar name is also celebrating a 25-year anniversary, and I've got another story of how not to use a Jeep. Stick around, because later in the show, I'll be starting a multi-part series about the brakes on your Jeep. It'll be show-stopping. People just shuddered when you said uh, brake and Jeep in the same sentence. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Tony, and coming up this Thursday... We'll be having the interview with Tony Pellegrino of Genrite.com. Another one you uh, should have uh, been in on, uh, Josh. It was a, yeah. a really fun and interesting interview. I would say that it was right up there with uh, the Matt from Matt's uh, Off-Road Recovery interview. That was another fun interview that if you've missed, you need to go back and uh, listen to that one. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. So I'm sure everybody here remembers that incident a little while back where a guy was killed when a stupid kid without a license and who didn't know how to drive a stick got into a Jeep to move it and instead plowed into the other mechanic, killing him instantly. The family of the victim couldn't go after the kid or the dealer for that matter because of some stupid law that Michigan has that says if somebody is injured or killed and a vehicle is involved, the owner of the vehicle is responsible regardless of who was behind the wheel or the circumstances involved. That's wrong. I, I know. It, it's hard to wrap your head around, but in this case, that's exactly what happened. Even though the owner of the Jeep was in the waiting room at the time and not behind the wheel when everything happened, having just dropped the Jeep off for an oil change, you see in Michigan, if you give somebody permission to drive your vehicle right. and something happens, well, you are negligent and thus legally responsible. When the Jeep driver gave his keys over to the employee who was driving, he gave permission to the employee to drive the vehicle. This makes the owner legally responsible and is automatically liable for the driver's negligence. It's an odd way of looking at liability, but that's how they do it in Michigan. Well, this week, justice and common sense prevailed right in the face of strange laws like this one. The dealership, Rochester Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge and Yogurt Shop, and the family of Jeffrey Hawkins, I was kidding about the yogurt, uh, he was the mechanic (laughs) killed, have agreed to an undisclosed settlement. What happened was the dealership indemnified or took responsibility for the legal responsibilities of the Jeep owner. 
The Jeep owner was civilly responsible, not but not criminally responsible, if that makes any sense. There is a delineation there. Now, the dealership stepped in on the man's behalf, doing the right thing, if you ask me. The Jeep owner didn't have to pay a single penny, not even for, the own, for his own legal fees. Although this was a tragic accident, the family has settled, and the owner of the Jeep was cleared, thanks to the dealer doing the right thing. Uh, at some point, um, I, you have to think that it's going to be in their best interest, just from the, the uh, public relations standpoint, for them to take responsibility on this. Um, it's, and, and this is the danger of having people make laws. Um, it, it's, <laughs> it's almost like picking up the, 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 the twisted stories of uh, the genie story and the three wishes. And it's a, it's a bad genie. It's an evil genie. And he, he gives you your wishes, but they weren't really the wishes you wanted. Technically, they were, they were the wishes, but the, not what you really wanted. I remember uh, Mulder on X-Files uh, wished a genie to, for, for there to be peace on Earth. And the genie removed all people on Earth except for Mulder. And there was peace. <laughs> this is what happens when certain lawmakers start making laws and they get in these meetings. And, you know, you guys have been in meetings before. You know how counterproductive meetings are. So just, I understand where they were going with this. And it makes sense because if you give uh, the, uh, the keys over or you give uh, permission for somebody to drive your vehicle, you know, you're responsible for them using the vehicle uh, because you need to, to qualify them. But the, dealer, the dealership needed to qualify their employee to do, yeah, to there do was things. plenty of negligence to go around in this case. I well, mean, the, but the, the driver, hired, the owner was not negligent at all. Because, no, no, not, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I, but the but to the letter of the law, that's yes. that's how it goes down. A poorly you know, written you would, law. You would think you would think that this dealership, because they hired a kid who to work in in the mechanic shop, mind you, uh, that a didn't have a license, b had never driven a stick, nor had he ever had any formal training, any kind of driver training whatsoever, like driver's education. You know, most of us have gone through that sort of thing, uh, and and of course had never been taught how to drive a stick. Nor did he have a license. I mean, it, th- th- there's just so many boxes that were checked that should have made sure that this kid, A, was never behind the vehicle, or B, working at a facility where he would be in contact with vehicles even, mm-hmm. for the most part. And, and, and so, I, I don't know the size of the, the, the facility that he was working at. And I just want to say, I think it's great that kids are given an opportunity to work. You need to have that experience. Somebody's got to got to be able to prove yourself. Yes, yeah, a hundred percent. But he didn't have a license, and he didn't know how to drive a stick. I think that those are two mandates, prerequisites for having it to, to to work in inside of a dealership mechanic shop. In, in a, I'm not in a so. I, I don't know that I agree with you on the license, other than potential liability that they might have with their insurance company. I don't really have a problem with that, but making sure that he could drive a stick. I mean, there's lots of jokes online about, uh, you know, a standard transmission being an anti-theft device for millennials. So mm-hmm. I, I would I would think that somebody at the dealership would have said, and maybe they did. Maybe they said, hey, are we sure oh, he can, are, are you sure that he can drive a, sta- a stick? Well, I asked him, he said yes. Because, <laughs> you know, he wanted the job and people never lie to get a job. <laughs> so... so uh- Training would have been really good with a just you know yeah. a test. Just show me how you're going to do this, and he still could have uh, he still could have killed a mechanic because he did something wrong or wasn't paying attention or was on his phone. There's a there's a million things. No, I don't want to get down on, on on hiring kids because kids need jobs. 
No, I it was I, th- nothing. I'm not being ageist here. It, it it had absolutely nothing to do with his age. I mean, he, the guy could have been 45 years old, and I still would be, you know, having the same exact position. If you've yeah. never driven a stick and you didn't have a license and you you had no business being behind the wheel of that uh, of that vehicle to begin with. I mean, uh, according to the story, uh, he had stuck his right foot and right hand into the Jeep. And had stepped on the brake oh, no. and tried to start it, and it didn't start. And so he pushed down on the other pedal, started the Jeep, and it started. And so he pulled his foot off of the Jeep. Or, I mean, I uh, pulled his oh, foot off didn't the understand. pedal. Yeah. The, the vehicle was in gear. The guy had just so happened to step in front of the Jeep right at that time, had bent over to grab a piece of paper or something that had fallen out of his clipboard or something, and, and his back was to the Jeep. Uh, and as soon as the kid let his foot off the, uh, off the clutch, I'm surprised the, it didn't die. And he did die. That's that's the whole thing. Is I'm, I'm is surprised the, the engine didn't die whenever he, oh, the when, he didn't when he dumped die. the clutch like that. Well, I mean, it, you're in first gear, and and it, I mean, it probably would have chugged. Yeah, you know, chug, 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 chug. But a, you know, it's one such of those a chugs. Shame. The yeah. Jeep is lurching three, four, six feet at a time. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's bad circumstances. I mean, it's a horrible accident. Yeah, and Josh, don't get me, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're getting down on, on the kids and stuff. I just want to make sure that we're coming uh, coming across with this. I think kids getting jobs, and I, I'm sure you agree with this, kittens, kids getting jobs is a great idea. You might not want them to be eight years old. And uh, <laughs> not that this guy was, but I'm saying that you want to have a little bit of life experience. And certainly you want to make sure you want to validate that their basic job duties is something that they can do without being put in the situation of uh, uh, a deadly incident. I can't remember if I was 19 or 20 when I first got my gig in car audio. I mean, I was I was young. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I mean, I was right around that age. Uh, but I knew how to drive a stick by then, you know. Oh, I had, my first vehicle. Several, yeah, my first vehicle was a standard transmission because it was standard. it was a cheaper vehicle. It was cheaper yeah, to get I a standard. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. My first vehicle was four years old, which was really ancient back Good in Lord. those days. And, but but if, could you imagine now? I mean, I think my, my first vehicle was a 1973 Pontiac Ventura. It was uh, four years old because it was like seventy six uh, when I got it. Um, hmm. So that'd be like your a kid today, his first vehicle being a twenty eighteen something or other. Yeah. Oh, and but but the Just price. Could you imagine? But I, but I think the price difference would be a lot. I have to go back and look and see what a. Uh, a I think it was a little over a thousand dollars for this vehicle. It was a, a straight six, a two fifty uh, straight six, and it had a, a three speed. Uh, manual transmission on the floor. Thank God it wasn't on the tree because it really would not have been cool with three on the tree. And no. <laughs> and uh, that uh, well, not back then. Now, hell yeah, but <laughs> the the Ventura uh, wound up with a three twenty seven, a Muncie four speed, uh, L sixties with uh, traction bars uh, painted bright yellow and uh, slightly lifted in the back so that the rear tires would fit. Yep, and uh, n- new mags all the way around. And it was it was great until I was doing 130 and ran into the back of somebody. <gasps> well, they pulled into my lane. It was 55, but still, it was my lane. Damn it! <laughs> Good lord! And you're still with us today. That's impressive. <laughs> I, I I wrapped the steering wheel around with my with my arms. I'm, I'm I may have hit it. I don't remember having any uh, any uh, sense of uh, damage to my chest, 
but uh, I, I literally wrapped the steering wheel around whenever I, I ran to the back of the guy. He was I, traveling. I, he was traveling the same direction, so it wasn't a hundred and thirty mile hit. Uh, it was probably more like, uh, uh, but it's well. <laughs> well, I was I was slowing down too, so uh, I didn't I didn't say bastard. It's my lane, you know, and just ran into him. <laughs> I think I got it down to probably around eighty, but it's before I uh, hit him. Oh man. I put my head through the windshield of a 1978 Toyota pickup, so I I, I, I wish I had that steering wheel because I I wrapped that steering wheel around the dash and and with oh, one hand. And and vehicles back in the the early 70s, that was like you know airbags. No, we die like no, men. Barely a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> no, I was picking. Glass I wasn't doing of- anything dangerous. I didn't need a seatbelt. <laughs> I was picking glass out of my forehead for like two weeks after that one, but, uh, oh, but yeah. You know, this is interesting because you and I have had this discussion a while back because I've wanted to bring this up on the show, and, and it just wasn't, it was just kind of out of yes, the blue. Yes, I owned a Toyota, god damn it. <laughs> but Fine, the, the, I'll the, admit it. <laughs> the driver of the other vehicle had farmer's insurance, and I was not insured. You did not have to have liability insurance. Uh, uh, you just had you 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 would lose your license and you know potentially get sued and stuff. Today. <laughs> and and Farmers Insurance went after me for thirty two hundred dollars, which they eventually got. But uh, did not have my driver's license removed. They tried, but uh, a, a, a friendly judge made sure that didn't happen. And do you know that they got their thirty two hundred dollars, which I'm sure is more like seven or nine thousand dollars from what what it would be now. But because of that. I have never even considered using farmers insurance. So, oh sure, farmers yeah. insurance, good job. You got that. You got your money, but that's the all all the money you ever going to get from me, ever. Yeah, that's right. So, was it my fault? Absolutely. Should I have had insurance? Absolutely. Were they in their right to get the to get that thirty two hundred dollars? Absolutely. But you pissed me off. <laughs> so there. <laughs> Well, this is uh, not going to piss anybody off. It's actually kind of a a feel-good Jeep story. June 24th through the 25th will mark 25 years of Jeeps descending on the area for the purpose of trail riding and making lasting friendships. And uh, it's actually a a Jeep Jamboree, one of the official Jeep Jamborees. Jim and and Jan Gunter have been coordinating the the Penswoods Jeep Jamboree since its start in 1997. But this is their last year at the helm. The the duo have been working with their guides, working with the guides uh, for this event for years. There are actually about 40 40 guides uh, in in all. Oh, God, just the sandwiches. (laughs) Some of them have been around for, for all 25 years of this event. They know the most about the event and the area. So last year, they started grooming these uh, th- these guides, if you will. And uh, after this year, uh, Jim and Jan, uh, they're going to uh, gonna take their leave. And these other guides are going to take over for, for, for them. Chuck Dibble and Todd Kellogg are going to take over as coordinators of next year's Penwood's Jeep Jamboree. That's going to be a bittersweet moment for them, being a part of this for that length of time. For that long, making it what it is, and then and then kind of stepping back from I'm, that. I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that they're still going to be a part of it, or at least be able to, you know, There's ride along or something. Unsubstantiated rumors from me, uh, me digging around on this story to, to to validate it and stuff. It sounds like at least Jim is going to try and be uh, a guide at least for the next couple few years. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's going to be wants to be a part of this event. They're not 
stepping away, selling the Jeep, and getting a Prius or something like that. No, they're going <laughs> to electric. They're staying, they're staying Jeepers, but uh, as far as the coordination, the setting up, all the logistics, and all of that sort of stuff, they're they're going to take a step back. They're retiring from that aspect of of this Jeep Jamboree uh, since they started it in 1997. But uh, I mean, obviously, they've done a great job. Uh, they've got oh, 40, God, yes. 40 guides, and that's just the guides. That's not including all the people that actually show up and 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 participate in the Jeep in this Jeep Jamboree. Um, and so Chuck and, and Todd, uh, Chuck Dibble and Todd Kellogg are going to be taking over as coordinators for, for next year's event. Now, Dibble is from, uh, is from the, the Tonawanda area. Very good. And, uh, and it said that uh, he's been participating in the Jeep Jamboree for all 25 years. He and Kellogg acknowledge that they'll be working hard to fill Gunter's shoes, but they will try their best. You know, they're, they're not the originators, uh, but they've been around long enough. They think they will do it some justice. Nothing has dissuaded the Jeepers from coming this year either, not even the high gas prices. And according to Gunter, some of them travel four or five hours or more to get the, to the event just because they love to Jeep. They love to see their Jeep families. It's like a reunion almost. I, I can re- relate to some Absolutely. of that. Um, some have been coming since they were babies, and now they're driving their own Jeeps. You know, Families are growing and taking the wheel, which if you look at it from this perspective, it's a lot like the guides taking on the coordinator roles now sort of a passing of the baton mm-hmm. uh you, know, you were a guide and now and now you're uh now you're actually a, a coordinator uh you were just a kid a passenger now you're a jeeper uh so you know, very similar uh, parallels there but uh but nonetheless really cool 25 years of uh, of doing jeep jamboree uh, they're gonna be passing the torch uh, we went ahead and, and decided to give them a little bit of a nod of the cap and a little bit of a jeep wave uh, so happy trails, Jim and Jan Gunter, 25 years doing the Jeep Jamboree out there in, in Penswood. So really, really cool and uh, hope all the best for them. Well, we, we had a little bit of this ourselves. I mean, we've only had uh, two Jeep talk show events, uh, but it was great seeing uh, uh, the, the new friends, the new Jeeper friends and the, the old, old Jeeper friends that we, uh, we had never met in person. Uh, wouldn't it be cool that in 25 years... Uh, we're putting our uh, we're putting our teeth in and saying, you know, I think it's time to pass the baton, <laughs> and and the, the, the and the Jeep to... Talk Show continues with a new generation. Oh, Jeep Talk Show, the next generation. I, I got it right there. Oh God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> just had to just had to shoehorn a nice little uh, Star Trek reference in there. <laughs> TNG action for you. <laughs> but wouldn't that be cool? We would well be done. screaming at our phones, going, "No, that's not a dad joke. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> and, I'll probably be bald, and I can point a finger and say, "Engage." I remember when I was on that show, and it was better then. And we had to we had to record uphill both ways. <laughs> Three feet of snow, but no power. (laughs) Well, Spokane police are looking for a uh, a driver that crashed through the doors of a Spokane business early Tuesday morning as part of a burglary. This was actually done on purpose. Officers responded to an alarm at a Laundryland business at uh, 2215 West Wellesley Avenue overnight and found the business pretty badly damaged, to be honest. Police have identified and located the Jeep, which was reported stolen. But they are still looking for assistance in identifying the suspect, and the investigation is ongoing. Now, police have shared what appears to be a surveillance photo from inside the business, showing the Jeep inside and a person actually next to the vehicle. Police say the vehicle appears to be an older model cream or white-colored Jeep Wrangler with a bit of a, some rusted paint on it. A manager for Laundryland said that all that was taken was a comment box. 
Oh no! It's all an employee. It's an inside job. We got a bad report. <laughs> all of this. Well, yeah, I'd probably you know put in a. I I hate the boss. Oh, I should have done that. I really need this job. Crap. <laughs> Think it through. Yeah, oh, this, I got a plan. <laughs> all that damage, the wrecked storefront, the damage to the, the fixtures inside, all this sort of stuff, all for nothing, literally nothing at all. So it's obviously going to cost a lot of money to get the store back to normal. Amber Ross, manager at Laundryland, is looking at uh, you know if insurance is going to cover this or not. Uh, the business itself did sustain thousands and thousands of dollars in damage. Uh, officers are looking for the driver involved. People with information can call Crime Check. Uh, we'll have the number and a incident reference number for you in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. So, so Josh, was it your impression that this was like a, a dry cleaner type thing? Maybe, maybe a little more than a dry cleaner, but basically somebody that takes in ve- uh, vehicles, <laughs> somebody that takes in laundry, cleans it, and gives it back to the to the customer. Is well, I think that there's that aspect of the business as well. But uh, looking at at the the stickers, the signage, if you will, on the on the storefront itself, it does say Coin Op Laundry. Oh, and so what I was what I was thinking is is this person was trying to get in there and thinking that they were going to walk away with a bag full of quarters or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, most of the Coin Op Laundry in my area, you know, I, I got to use the big machines to to wash the the comforters and and things like that. Right. Uh, you go in there and there's no Coin Op anymore. You got to put coins into a machine or something like that and, and pay for a little card that the machines actually use. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if there's any such thing as a coin op laundry anymore. Nonetheless, I mean, I would imagine that the coins are all cleaned out of those every night. So Jeez. that's probably why they were unable to walk away with anything except for a, well, see, this box. makes more sense. There's a, there's a dry cleaner over here on the, the main road going to my house and uh, the, the big road going to my house. And mm-hmm. they have, they literally have this this uh, metal menagerie that covers the entire front of the building. So whenever they're open, it's all slid back and you can see the glass oh, and stuff. And you may right. have seen stuff like this too. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what it, what is it that you want to steal from a dry cleaner? Uh, other than, I guess, clothes and then resell them. But I mean, I can't imagine somebody spending uh, tens or at least uh, five or $6,000 to make it uh, burglar-proof uh, that this one obviously didn't have. But the coins makes, make a, a, uh, makes more sense. And maybe they have some of those dollar bill machines where you slide the dollar bills or $5 bills. Because I can't imagine. Can you imagine somebody walking out of there getting a hernia trying to ca- carry $1,000 for the quarters? Yeah, right. A big-ass bag of quarters, like a, a Santa sack over their shoulder. Oh, jeez. So uh, it, just, it just doesn't seem like a well-thought-out uh, idea here. But, but yeah. then again, uh, criminals are stupid. You know, they did steal a Jeep to make this happen, so I mean, some thought went into it, but... Geez. Well, and in the plus side, this uh, laundry place is thinking about having a drive-thru uh, because of this incident, so... <laughs> <laughs> Just drive up, well, put, your, the, put your... Hey, the remodeling is half done already, yeah, so there you go. So. It's obviously what the, the customers want. <laughs> Well, if you want, we'd like for you to go ahead and call us and leave us a response and uh, tell us what you think about these stories. Or if you've got a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And from the 4x4 podcast to the Jeep Talk Show to the Center Steer podcast, even Trail Chasers and the On the Trail podcast, all kinds of great off-road podcasts. It's all in one place. It's the only place on the internet where you can get this collection 
of off-road podcasts all in one place. And did I mention it's for free? That's right. No sign-up required. Just go to 4x4radionetwork.com. That's the number four, the letter X, the number four, and radionetwork.com to get all the Internet's best off-roading podcasts all in one place and all for free. The Jeep Talk Show is there as well. We'll see you there. 4x4radionetwork.com. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, stop in the name of love. Yes, Josh is finally going to give us dating tips. And uh, I'm sorry, this is, you just said brakes. So this is about uh, stopping the the Jeep, right? Stop this show and recording right this minute. Keep up with that nonsense. We can can look forward to dating dating tips in the future. God, there's going to be a crash episode right there. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show is written by weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast. been a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, advice, and learning. So go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and become a paid subscriber today, tonight, 3 a.m. while you're drinking. I don't care. Uh, we, we need the money. Come on. Come on. Come on. So the worst things have happened at 3 a.m. while you're drinking. And don't tell me you oh, don't know what I'm talking and, about. And this isn't going to cost you. You're not going to be paying for this un, until uh, it's 18. So just keep that in mind. That's a, that's a plus. <laughs> that's a major, major plus there. Although children are wonderful. Anytime you got them. You know what else is wonderful, Tony, that we haven't had here on the show in, in quite some time is uh, is a review. We haven't read a, a review that we've gotten in, in quite some time. And I, I know we used to push for our listeners to leave us reviews and, and things like that. And, and now the Jeep Talk Show is, I don't know, we're on at least a dozen different platforms. I mean, anywhere where you're listening to this episode right now from, uh, there's going to be a place where you could actually leave a review about the Jeep Talk Show. And we encourage you to do that. And uh, we have a history here on the show about reading verbatim all the reviews that come in, whether they're good, bad, no matter what. Constructive criticism, you betcha. We actually read them all here on the show over the air, regardless of what they have to say. So if you haven't done it in a while or you've never done it at all, please consider leaving the Jeep Talk Show a review wherever you find the show. So I had a quick look, uh, and the last review we've had on Apple was... Back in 2017. <laughs> it, was, well, it was 2021. It was uh, April of 2021. And, and honestly, and I, I know you and I have discussed this, honestly, we stopped doing the reviews because most of the reviews are five star. I mean... They're all five star. They all yeah. say the same thing. Great show. You guys are and, doing a good job. And we really, I mean, it's wonderful like, to hear, but yeah. almost, it's almost like, you know, the <laughs> like I like to say sometimes when people, are, people will make a post about something and I'll say no bragging. It's just, you know, it's like... You know, like more, more, more. We like it, but it's kind of, is it, is it productive on the show telling everybody how great we are? Self-serving. Yeah. I I get it. Well, I think we're always looking for the, uh, the constructive criticism. We're looking for those bad ones. Well, they're funnier. (laughs) Some of them actually have been uh, pretty, pretty hilarious. Uh, So uh, there, there, there is that, but, uh, but yeah, no, we've uh, just had a history of them over the years. Uh, It's, you know, kind of something that, uh, has been in the show notes we've talked about in the past, but uh, we haven't really had a whole lot of that uh, in the re- in the recent future, in the recent future, in the recent past. So uh, <laughs> this I was is the problem with time travel; it gets confusing. No, oh, I can't keep up. Oh, here's one. This is an old one. This is from 2020. I won't read the whole thing. Uh, one star. Uh, 
and you probably remember this one. Uh, it's a uh, goob. Oh, it's about me. Goob. <laughs> yeah, that's the ones I always pick. Goob six zero zero eight, and he says, "Love Jeeps, hate, hate this podcast, hate with an eight. And uh, I, I used to like this podcast more, but it's unlistenable now. Josh just rants about politics. Jeeps are my escape from that. He uses the word retarded. And all the time, as somebody who is close to a family member who is a mental disability. Okay, well, this is this is just getting political. So uh, we'll just move along from here. But anyway, yeah, this is one of those ones where they were, uh, I think he actually says, uh, Tony seems like a good guy. <laughs> so... <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, it took me to, took me to the, task because I use retarded too much and uh, in a negative context. <laughs> but and, that's so yeah. old. You probably remember that one. There's just not a, not a lot of them. Yeah. I remember them all. I remember them all. Yeah. They're, uh, you actually, you've done some research. You've got the, the photos of the people that have made these bad reviews. You got them up in a small closet with uh, scented candles and uh, incense. And you do little uh, voodoo doll things to them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, oh, I like this one. Uh, I'm not going to read it, but I just like the name. The name of the reviewer is Special K. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can leave us a review. You can leave us a bad review. Uh, you know, when we were talking about this in the past, we talked about how we like the constructive ones and how the fu- the bad ones are funny. And then we had just a scathing review. And you could tell somebody was just effing with us. <laughs> you could just tell the smirk in the comments. So You can yeah. almost hear the sarcasm, yeah. So really, we don't do the reviews because we haven't been getting any. We haven't been really been asking for any, and uh, they're just kind of self-serving. It, I just, it just, it makes me. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, we know we're great. We're glad that you think so too. <laughs> we're kind of a big deal. Almost steal that from you, Josh. Yeah, there we go. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I got a question for Wendy. The lovely Coes, not but not my lovely wife. Although my wife could be the lovely Coes, and the Coes could be my lovely wife. Whew. <laughs> I'm out of breath just saying that. I don't think I could finish it. But anyhow, when Wendy, you say that when you stop for bathroom breaks, the boys go to the left and the girls go to the right. Uh, what about the uh, non-binary or gender uh, specific? Nikki G say. is not up on uh, political terms, but the uh, let's call them the guys in drag. Although. I really oh. don't think I've seen too many drag queens out wheeling. Drag so That right. would be a sight to see. But anyhow, uh, where do they go? Do they? You can't really tell. Middle of guys the road. go to the left and girls go to the right and uh, trannies go straight because that's kind of offensive. Now, before you send all your hate mail to the Jeep Talk Show, uh, Nikki G does not hate gay people. Uh, he's all for gay marriage. Uh, why should us straight people be the only ones that are miserable? <laughs> and as you know, Wendy, my lovely wife, not the lovely co-host, although the lovely co-host could be my wife, and my wife could be the lovely co-host. I'm not picky about who makes the bed. She's a flight attendant, and so most of her work friends are gay men. So Nikki G has been to quite a few dinner parties. You betcha. And if you had a chance to go to a gay couple dinner party, I say go. The food is phenomenal. But a word of caution, by the time the third bottle of wine gets uncorked, you got to get the hell out of there. Things get a little freaky. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. I did not know that Wendy was a flight attendant. And I didn't I, know that either. I, I, I honestly. And yeah. I, I'm putting together how the relationship began. Nikki G, who also works at the airport and, and drives the planes around. So obviously, Wendy had fallen asleep on a plane. 
Oh, God, didn't get out in time. Nikki G was driving her around and would not let her leave without telling her a joke. Or 20. <laughs> so... That's how the relationship began. I can tell. I can tell right now. And there was probably some uh, some of those little alcohol bottles involved. I was going to say packets of peanuts or stale pretzels, one or the other. <laughs> well, it's oh yeah yeah the food. I got you. That stale pretzel. I was thinking about the little sticks. You got tech questions? What oh, do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I, I It's tech talk with Jeep talk. Yahoo! Stop right there. And for most Jeep owners, that's harder than it sounds, actually. (laughs) Jeeps are arguably the most capable rigs on the planet, but they aren't without their faults. And one of the biggest complaints you're going to hear from Jeepers is that their Jeeps just don't stop that great. And the older the Jeep is, the more that this is true. I've talked about brakes before over the years, and hell, we've even had some big-name aftermarket companies here on the show, too, like Blackmagic Brakes, who were interviewed back in episode 371. So, in the spirit of stopping power... I'm going to dedicate the next two or three tech talks to the braking systems of our Jeeps, how to troubleshoot some problems, and we'll even talk about uh, doing some upgrades, you know, while you're in there. A Jeep's braking system is a critical set of safety components that requires proper maintenance and attention in in order to avoid, well, to avoid running into stuff, really. Jeeps are heavy. Hell, my XJ is knocking on the door uh, a little, uh, about two tons or so, and Wranglers are heavy too. Just because you have a soft top, don't think that you don't weigh a ton as well. In fact, Wranglers can range in weight from over 3,800 pounds to nearly 4,500 pounds. That's over two tons. And in addition to the factory weight, most Jeep owners add big steel bumpers, racks, a winch, armor, and more, all to add to the vehicle's weight. And the most common upgrade that is made to the size of a, of a Jeep, well, it's the size of the tires, from 33s to 35s, even 37s and beyond. The increase in tire size introduces a tremendous amount of unsprung weight and additional rotating mass that the shock or that the stock braking system rather has a rather hard time trying to keep up with. So, to properly control this increase in weight and rolling mass, well, upgrading your Jeep's brake system is probably a good move. But let's make sure it's in good working order first and address any problems that may exist. Now, these problems would include things like a light on in the dash, pulling to one side as you brake, fluid leaks, and noises or vibrations that come and go as you brake. If the brake light comes on in your instrument panel, it's either time for your regular maintenance or an alert to a potential problem. In some vehicles, this light can only come on by your parking brake being engaged still. So, release it and see if the alert goes away. It could also mean that your brake fluid is low. So, do a quick check to make sure that the fluid is where it's supposed to be. Before we go any further, to be honest, I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about brake fluid too, real quick. Brake fluid, after all, is the lifeblood of your Jeep's braking system. And without it, well, you're not stopping at all. It acts as hydraulic fluid and is used to transfer force into pressure and is aided by all the different components in the system, from the pedal to the master cylinder to each brake caliper or piston or wheel cylinder. Brake fluid doesn't last forever either. It does degrade over time as dust and debris gets into the system. Brake fluid is also hygroscopic, meaning it actually absorbs moisture from the air. Both of these reasons are why checking the fluid and occasionally flushing the fluid out of the entire brake system is absolutely necessary. The darker that the fluid is, the worse off its condition and the more likely your stopping power will be reduced or sacrificed. In a later episode, we'll go over some bleeding and flushing tips and tricks to the brake system, but for now, let's move on to more troubleshooting. New noises coming from your brakes aren't always a sign of problems. It could just be a foreign object lodged into your brakes, a pebble from the trail or debris like built-up brake dust, for instance. It could also be your brake pad wear indicators. 
These little bits of metal in your brake pads come in contact with the rotor to emit a high-pitched noise when you apply the brakes. This lets you know that it's time to get your brake pads replaced. Grinding noises, whether you have disc or drum brakes, could mean that your brakes need servicing right away due to the brake pad or shoe scraping on metal contact points. If your steering wheel or, or vehicle in, entirely shakes or vibrates when you apply the brakes, well, it could be that the thickness of your rotor is uneven. Brake rotors are basically large discs that sit inside of the wheels and they're attached to the axles. When you hit the brakes, the brake pads push against the rotors, which stop your wheels from spinning. Over time, it's normal for the rotor surface to wear down and possibly even become un uneven. Braking friction when you apply the brakes results in the transfer of that pad material to the rotor surface. The pad material transfers unevenly, well, you may experience vibration when braking. And if this is left uneven over time, well, the material will continue to build up on the uneven spots, making the problem worse and worse as time goes on. The only fix for this is to have the rotor turned or refaced or replaced altogether. Now, this process is done on a special lathe-like device that actually shaves the metal off of the face of the rotor, leaving behind a clean new surface that's nice, smooth, and even. Note, though, that this process does take a little bit of time and has cost associated with it, and turned rotors won't last as long, nor will they be as strong as new ones. And at a certain point, they will be so worn or warped so bad that they can't be turned at all. The cost of new rotors often outweighs the time and cost involved in turning the old ones. It's usually a little bit more, but, you know, when you weigh out what your time is worth, well, it kind of pays for itself. If your Jeep pulls to one side or dives violently to one side as you brake, well, this is a sign of a more serious problem. Typically, this means that on your front brakes, one of them isn't working properly at all. This could be from a bad caliper, a blocked brake line, or a leak somewhere. If you have a failure of one of your rear brakes, it may actually go unnoticed. That's why I always emphasize the power of regular visual inspections. The more you drive or wheel, the quicker your brake parts will, wear, will, will, will end up wearing out or, de or degrading over time. Delaying needed services could put you at risk or put the people around you at risk. In the next installment of Tech Talk, I'll be going over the details of the different kinds of braking systems found on Jeeps, what their differences are and how they compare to others. And we'll be going on after that as far as aftermarket upgrades and some things that we can do to improve braking. Until then, go out and check your fluid and give your brakes a good once over or have them professionally inspected. You know, Josh, uh, something you said there made me think of uh, think of this, and it makes sense now uh, based on what you were talking about, darker fluid. Yeah. Uh, first thing in the morning when I urinate, the fluid's really dark, and there's no way in the hell oh. I can stop. It's just going and going. <laughs> and if I stop, there's going to be some noise, uh, just like what you were talking about. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I, no, did all that make sense to you? I mean, I, I know that you've you've been around. You've done. I know you've you've done a brake job or two in your lifetime, and I know you've seen some brake fluids over the years and stuff like that. Have you seen dark fluid compared to a uh, you know, clear fluid? So this is going to be like the masking tape and uh, other things that I use or, or tell you that I use in uh, car audio. Um, but this is this is actually true. I did not know until relatively recently, and I think it was because either a, uh, a tech talk that you were doing or somebody that said something, uh, uh, one of the callers that called in, I didn't know uh, that you're supposed to change your brake fluid. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I have never changed the brake fluid in the XJ. And oh, God. It, and it stops just and fine. And you're the original owner. I am the original owner. You live in Texas where it's flooded and stuff. Yeah. No problems. It stops great. Oh, my God.
<laughs> so I'm blown away. I'm my mind is blown right now that yeah. that Jeep actually has stopping power still. That's just incredible to me. Oh, and and then the the drum brakes haven't been upgraded. I mean, I, I haven't upgraded the, the disc brakes in the rear or anything. Now, obviously, I've done lifts and I've had uh, replaced brake lines, and you know, a brake a fluid has fl- a flowed out of the reservoir, and of course, I've added. Uh, brake fluid to it. It's just kind of like, do you do an oil change on XJ or do you just keep it topped off? Because the, the oil is always new. <laughs> really, you know, when you get right down to it, you just want to get the metal pieces out, especially the big ones. So uh, I can't say that it's the original brake fluid, but it's never been completely drained and filled back up. So uh, I, I, I haven't done it. Actually, I, I, I had thought about getting one of those uh, uh, fill things, you know, where you can uh, you, you pump it up with air pressure or something yeah. and then pushes yeah. all out and then change it all because there's nothing wrong with having good brake fluid. I like no. it. I just never all these years. And this is this is including vehicles that I've had before the XJ never changed the brake fluid, never even thought about it. And in those vehicles, there was really no major modifications that required replacing brake lines. So other than topping it off, that's all that it that's all that it did. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, very I useful information. Out. I swapped out the brake fluid on, on my XJ a few a uh, few years after I got it, and uh, and I'm 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 third owner, but basically the second owner. I bought it from uh, from a girl who had got it from her parents, who were right. the original owners, uh, and, and so uh, and from I mean it had a relatively good uh, service history. I got a you know a Carfax and and all the paperwork and everything uh, for everything that they had done to the vehicle, and it was bone stock when I got it. Um, uh, but after a few years, I noticed, well, you know, this pedal's a little spongy and, and, and stuff. It's not stopping, you know, quite as, as well as I would like. And, and so I, I just flushed out the brake fluid. It was a little bit dark, uh, as it tends to get in Jeeps. And, uh, uh, and I, I can't tell you the, uh, probably a 50%. I mean, it seemed like wow. it was a 50% increase in braking power. I mean, it was a noticeable change in how the brakes performed. Uh, and, and so it makes you know, sense. I mean, that that is the fluid that has to be compressed or tried to be compressed and, and creates all the, the hydraulic uh, uh, power to, to, to clamp down the brakes on the disc and then the, the drums in the rear. So it makes complete sense if you got bad fluid or, or fluid that doesn't uh, work hydraulically as good as it can, it's just not going to perform as well. Did you did you also change the, the brake lines when you did that? Because additional fluid, new fluid could actually cause a, a, a line failure or a seal failure. I don't remember if I had, because I have braided lines on there now. Right. I don't remember if I had braided lines on there at that time or not. I, I can't remember when in the process those went on. I, it was relatively early. So I, I want to say that the, I mean, now I didn't replace the hard lines, uh, you know, the ones that go from. No, you know, from, no, that shouldn't you know, be. But I'm talking about the soft uh, lines, especially yeah, the, the factory lines. ones, because they're not braided and the, that rubber can uh, expand and you could pop one, uh, depending on how old they are and how worn. Uh, and the, if you have drum brakes, uh, you could pop a seal on those uh, those cylinder uh, things with uh, I think with the new brake fluid because of the additional pressure. I mean, mm-hmm. in other words, it's going out. It's going to happen, but because the 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 hydraulic fluid isn't as fresh, it's not putting as much pressure, <laughs> and it's just like no modification goes unpunished. That's right, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, there's there's a chance. Uh, that's why I said go out and check your brake fluid. Uh, if if it's not clear or you know looks uh, uh, about the color of what a, a light beer would look like, uh, if it's any darker than that, then chances are y- you need to do a flush. Yeah, the picture that you uh, have here that'll be in our show notes for this episode, uh, the brake fluid zero to one years looks very tasty. 
I would don't, <laughs> don't drink it. I'm just, but I'm just saying it looks good. Right, it the looks, best maple syrup you've ever it had. It looks really good. It looks tasty. I mean, uh, that would it might make a good warm beverage. It might be like straight out of the tree is what I'm thinking. Chugging a bottle of castor oil. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Well, if you have anything to add to this Tech Talk, or maybe you have a question or a topic you would like for me to cover here on Tech Talk, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Who knows, the next, uh, well, after this segment or after the next <laughs> few, uh, we might be covering something that you want us to cover. You can listen to the Jeep Talk Show live. You never know what will happen or where the conversation will go. You can only hear you. Uh oh. So you're actually getting the best part of the show, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Uh, join us every Thursday night and be part of our virtual Tuesday. It's the Zoom People Fall. Or whoever the spokesperson was. Sure. We're starting our own Zoom People podcast. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and know when and how you can join the conversation. Was it an accident or was it on purpose? I don't care what freaking day we're recording on zoom it, uh, that 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 promo is staying with us forever with all the interviews we're doing you're recording just about every day now oh god <laughs> i told chris the, the other day no more interviews it off. yeah <laughs> well you, you see the depression come on the the guest face uh when we say okay this uh, this interview will be on around thanksgiving and it, really <laughs> I thought. I'm sorry. I thought I told you about this before we started. Got everybody all excited. I told oh, all my friends. It family. used to be that way with my lazy ass. It would get somebody in at the last minute, and uh, we're going to be using this one in uh, the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those days? Hey, I want to remind you that uh, this Thursday, our interview episode day, our fourth weekly episode, uh, it's confusing about the order, but it's the the fourth one we've added uh, to the weekly episodes. We're going to be interviewing Tony Pellegrino of Genrite.com, a really fun interview for me. Uh, I guess Tony was okay with it, but anyway, it was really fun for me, and after all, that's what's the most important thing when I do an interview. Another thing that's important is signing up for our newsletter. If you want to get the latest information about what's happening on the Jeep Talk, Jeep Talk, geez, I can't even say it. Well, you're new to the show. I, you'll, you'll get the name of the show down pretty soon. I just soon. suddenly forgot how to talk. I can't enunciate. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, just go to no, Jeep No, say Terre Haute. Say Terre Haute for me. <laughs> Isn't it Terre Haute? Terre Haute? <laughs> Steve-O is screaming again. (laughs) Uh, I'm pissing somebody off. It's just par for the course for me. (laughs) Well, either way, if you want to know what's happening with the Jeep Talk Show, what we're giving away, who we're talking to, how to get in on the latest giveaways, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up for our newsletter. Don't worry. It comes directly from us. You're not going to get a third-party spamming. We're not selling information. None of that. It's us sending you one email a week. <laughs> That's it. So sign up for the uh, sign up for the newsletter today. Get all the latest information about the Jeep Talk Show and more. And uh, who knows? You might even end up winning something for signing up. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next big giveaway. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Can you hear me? Are you paying attention? Because I'm all up in your ear holes. Podcasting since 2010.